All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Wanna slice, got to roll the dice. That's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding. Yo, 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 what's up, guys? You are now tuning in to the Millennial Movement, starring your host, Ricky Wynn. Today, we have a special guest on the show, entrepreneur, author, and founder of Leveling Up Your Life, Cam Brokaw. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for being on the show today, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's a pleasure. Yeah, to jump right into it, tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So, my name is Ken Brokaw, author of Leveling Up Your Life. been an entrepreneur my, my entire adulthood life. And uh, right now, I run two software tech companies, uh, one as CEO and one as COO. One is in the equipment leasing industry, automating the equipment leasing industry through a platform, and the other one automates the service-based industry through a tablet-based solution. Okay, so you say you're a CEO. What, um, what company are you a CEO of? FastTrack. FastTrack. So how long have you been a CEO of FastTrack for? So that business has been around for three years, but I've been in the industry for 11. For 11? Okay, so what made you want to start doing your own business? Uh, freedom. You know, I mean, I think that's what every entrepreneurship wants is mm-hmm. freedom. You know, I used to be in the industry... And although I was one of the first five employees in that company, I was never the owner, right? Yeah. I was never the CEO. So I never had that freedom. I still had to report to someone, and that just wasn't for me. Okay, so you say freedom. Um, a lot of people that want to do entrepreneurship is freedom right now. You know, I have more time with family, um, vacation, all that. What's the, what's the main point and privilege of having freedom being your own boss? So I think the definition of freedom for entrepreneurs is choice, mm-hmm. right? So as entrepreneurs, you typically will work more hours at the very beginning when you're starting your business, and hopefully that lessens as time progresses. But let's be honest, as entrepreneurs, you're going to work timeless hours yeah. to begin with, right? So it's the ability to choose, you know, hey, if, you're, you know, if your wife goes into the hospital, that you don't have to go ask for permission to go to the hospital to go visit her. Mm-hmm. Or if, you're, if you have an opportunity to go on vacation, um, you have to make a decision in a split second that you're able to do that. It's just the freedom of choice is the definition of freedom for myself. Okay, so was being an entrepreneur something that, you know, as a young, you know, growing up was something that you knew you wanted to do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, business is something that I've wanted to do since I was extremely little. Uh, my, my dad actually recently told me that he was, he was nervous for me. When I was little, he said, I knew two things, or one of two things was going to happen. You're either going to be a politician or you're going to be a business owner. And he said, I'm thankful that you're a business owner. <laughs> so was your father a business owner as well? or No, no. He was, uh, he was a teacher, sixth and seventh okay. grade math and science teacher. And my mother would be the entrepreneur. My mother came from Japan over to the United States. And um, because she wasn't a citizen, she couldn't yeah. get a lot of jobs. So mm-hmm. she just started cleaning houses. And it just kind of... Um, I would say snowballed a little bit from there. She got her own clientele and was able to support us as a family mm-hmm. growing up. And then um, she didn't really hire any employees or anything like that. But she was able to have that freedom of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And that's where I got that glimpse what entrepreneurship could provide. So I, I like what you said about your father. Say, so, you know, you're either going to be one of two things, was a politician or a business owner. It's it's scary to say in the same way because, you know, both my parents, um, in a sense, of, uh, similar to yours, is my parents are from Vietnam. So, you know, when they came over here, they were immigrants. They had they didn't have a citizenship, so they had to work. And, you know, the only thing they knew how to do without a college education or anything was uh, run a nail salon business. So that kind of ingrained me of entrepreneurship. And then that's what my dad says. Like, I think you're going to be the same way as running a business. But he said, I, I don't know for sure yet. Yeah. yeah. But you're also a mentor and coach, correct? Correct. Yeah. What made you want to start mentoring and coaching people with 
all the, the uh, with the busy schedule you have now. Yeah, I mean, so um, I get a ton of fulfillment through running software tech companies and mm-hmm. just businesses in general and scaling those businesses. But it all came to when I was actually at an entrepreneurship um, event, and there was a speaker there. And he did a great job, but towards the end, everyone was kind of mingling and so forth, and I started to give advice as far as what I would do as an entrepreneur or as CEO to help scale some businesses, and I was giving that advice to one individual. Then another individual got in line, and then another one, and then another one, and then I realized about an hour later that I was still giving advice, and I had so much energy after that meeting, and it wasn't, unfortunately, it wasn't because of that speaker. He did a great job. But it was because I was helping other entrepreneurs mm-hmm. succeed, and that's just a whole level, whole different level, level up, if you will, um, of entrepreneurship. So, like you say, you love helping people. What's what's the benefit of doing all the things that you can to provide for people? Like, you know, are you are you mentoring and coaching like a certain group of like business owner or just anybody in general? So I like to tailor towards millennials, mm-hmm. right? I'm I'm towards that tail end of millennials, yeah. but let's be honest. We're the next generation to create a lot of jobs, and we're the future of the economy of the United mm-hmm. States. Of course, you know, and so giving back to the millennials is the smart thing to do because we are the future. Yeah, and I think I love what you say. You know, is giving back um, to put it in like you know perspective. A lot of people don't think it's that way. You know, once entrepreneurship is about helping and giving back to other people, I think a lot of people like for myself. The um the town that I am in, you know, they see entrepreneurship is like get rich quick. You know, I'm gonna have the money, then I could just live the life of freedom that I want. Do you think it's like that way, or how do you, how, what do you see? Like, what do you say about it to people that put look at it that way? I think if you want to get rich quick, there mm-hmm. are better ways to do it. You can go buy thousands of dollars of lottery tickets. <laughs> yeah. You can uh, do illegal activity, do whatever you want to do, but get rich quick. Entrepreneurship is not that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to put a lot of timeless hours into it. And the percentage of people that get rich quick in entrepreneurship is so minute compared to the people that actually have to work timeless hours. Mm-hmm. So if you are looking for get rich quick, try to become an athlete, try to do something else, it ain't going to be entrepreneurship. So when you say timeless hours, how much time does like a person have to be willing to work You know, weekly? So I mean, weekly, I would say if you're looking to start a business, don't mm-hmm. think that you can get away with 40 hours a week. Yeah, you know, if forty hours a week is a lot to you, go find a forty hour per week job, mm-hmm. right? Because entrepreneurship is going to be eighty, ninety, a hundred hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes that's that roller coaster ride of entrepreneurship. As you start, it's going to be closer to that hundred hour mark. Yeah, right. Uh, but I mentioned in the in the book that I wrote, Leveling Up Your Life, is how to get those hundred hours down to eighty, down to sixty, down to forty, and then eventually down to twenty, ten, five, whatever you need to do, mm-hmm. right? And then when you start to get that freedom, then you can decide to start another tech company or write a book or do something else, yeah. you know, give back to other entrepreneurs. But it, at the very beginning, you're definitely going to be working at least 100 hours. You so, should be at least. So as, as yourself, as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I get excited and I feel happy like when I'm able to stay up and work late at night. Do you feel like, you know, as I would say, like the high of, you know, working 100 hour weeks and stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I love working 100 plus hours. For real? I mean, you got to love what you do. Yeah. And if you don't love entrepreneurship, right, um, the 100 hours is going to seem like 200. Mm -hmm. So um, the 100 hours to me, although it's work, right, if you ask my wife, it's work. Yeah. But to me, it's not. It's fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the same thing as going out to the bar and socializing. Yeah. And I think what you said about, like, you know, as people would see it as work, but you don't see it as work. 
like entrepreneurship is, is do you do you think would you, would you say like once you found the job that you love it doesn't consider it as work anymore exactly i mean um i know a lot of people that play video games yeah. i'm not a big video gamer mm-hmm. but they love playing video games i love entrepreneurship so instead of playing f- video games for four or five hours i'm an entrepreneur right? yeah so I, I build business plans you know um, comp plans, whatever it is for the business that I need to do. But that to me, it is awesome. Yeah. You know, I'm making a movement. I'm making a difference in my life that excites me. Mm-hmm. Real quick before we move on, cause I know you mentioned video games. Did you know you, uh, you heard of a new Fortnite game, right? Yeah. You know, there's a kid making a million plus a month oh, while yeah. people streaming to his Twitch to watch him play. Oh yeah. It's, I think it's ridiculous. It's, it's crazy, but he's got a skill set. <laughs> yeah. So that's when you ask me that question, if you, you know, is it a get-rich-quick scheme, uh-huh. right? So, of course, it's not a scheme, one. And two, you're not going to get rich quick. Yeah. But he's getting paid because he's got a skill set. Mm-hmm. I recognize that I have zero skill sets in Fortnite or video games. Yeah. So I, I go to what I know best, right? And, and kudos to him. I mean, he's getting paid for his skill set. You know, I'm not LeBron James either. Wow. You know? So, I mean, he's getting paid for his skill set. Yeah, yeah. So, you were interviewing for, uh, Forbes. First off, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um, you talk about the importance of a morning routine, which you talk and gave some wonderful tips and routines that you do. Uh, can you explain uh, why it's important to have a morning routine and some of yours? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think it's really important to have two routines in your life, a morning routine and an evening routine. Mm-hmm. So, the morning routine is really important to me because I'm a morning person. Yeah. So I tell every individual, you're either a morning person or an evening person. I have never met anyone that their peak time is in the afternoon. Yeah. Right? So once you recognize if you're evening or morning, I would put the majority of your routine and activities um, to level up your day in that area. Right? Mm-hmm. So for me, morning. So the first time that I wake up, 4 or 4.30 in the morning, right, I don't try to grab for my phone. I don't try to check email. Right? The only time that you can control truly before you get sideswiped throughout the day is the first hour of your day or two hours if you can control that without grabbing your phone, watching the news or anything like that. So that's where I like to meditate. I like to journal okay? because that's a time for me to self-reflect. Um, I've already planned out that day from the previous evening, so I already know what I'm going to do. Um, I enjoy breakfast. I love Bulletproof Coffee, so I'll give a shout out to Bulletproof <laughs> Coffee because I'm a big believer in that. Um, and it helps start my day. Um, I always like to exercise a little bit. So about 30 minutes of walking. Uh, I usually do it with my dog. He's an English bulldog, so the walk has sh- shortened from 30 minutes to yeah. about 15 minutes now uh-huh. that it's hot in Charlotte. Um, but just getting out there and exercising, being in the middle of nature without any technology, is um, it does wonders for your day. So you say at the beginning, you know, you journal and you write out your thoughts. Why? What's the importance of writing out your thoughts to those who don't understand? Yeah, so, I mean, journaling has a, a bunch of different advantages, mm-hmm. but I'll, I'll hone in on one, and that is gratitude. So the one thing that I focus on, three things that I'm grateful for that morning. Mm-hmm. I also do it in the evening, three things that I'm grateful for in the evening. Because if you start off your day just being grateful for where you're at, it doesn't have to be something elaborate like I hit a million dollars in revenue. It doesn't have to be business related. But if you just do three things that you're grateful for, you're just starting your day out on a good note. Wow, that's amazing. And you also say you walk and you do you read as well in the morning? Yes, I do. So that's another thing that I do. I I do about 20, 25 minutes of reading. Uh, There's a lot of entrepreneurs that read for hours a day. Yeah. I just don't have that attention span. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would actually test out 
when my attention span would just cut off. Okay. So I used to read for 10 minutes and then increase up to about 20, 25 minutes. Then I tried 40, 45 minutes, and then I realized that I was just kind of just staring at the page and flipping through. Really? So I just stopped at 25 minutes. Oh, well, See, like with me now, I run the nail salon business, so I'm there. You know, also while I'm working, I always have my book with me, whether it's Napoleon Hill or Tony Robbins, Gary V. you know, all amazing books. Um, but yeah, while I'm there, I usually read for about five or six hours a day. That's amazing. Yeah. I wish I could do that. I really, <laughs> I really do, but I, I can't. Yeah. So what, what's the importance of reading though? You know, like why, why is it to, to entrepreneurs, why is reading so important? So I would say reading is important because education is important. Mm-hmm. So if you've read a lot of my blogs, you probably think, well, he says education is not that important. Yeah. So there's two different types of education. There's uh, scholastic education, right, what school teaches you, yeah. and then there's street knowledge, right? And so that's what books are for you. You can actually hone in exactly what you want to focus on. So if it's something for business, maybe you want to focus on marketing, right, you're going to read a bunch of books about marketing, right? If you want to get better at marketing, why would you read a book about finances? Yeah. Right. So it, you can really tailor your education and you're just expanding your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, education starts when you start. Yeah. Right? It's not when school tells you to start and end. So uh, for the millennials out there, if you're still in school, great. Keep it up. But don't think that when you graduate, you're done with education. Yeah. If anything, just start it because now you can really hone in on the education that's tailored to what you want to learn. So, like you said, for people that are still in school, we're speaking to, like, college uh, kids in general, high school students. What would you say to them, you know, if they're not big on learning, but, you know, they want to continue and have success in their life, how, what, do you, what would you tell them? So, I, I, th- I still think education is important. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's high school or college or community college mm-hmm. or the military, they're all different forms of education. So, it really it really boils down to what you want to accomplish in life. Okay. So if you are down on the education system, you know, realize that it is important from um, a paper perspective, mm-hmm. right? But treat college as more than just education. Unlike high school, you're told exactly what class to go to and when it starts, when it ends, and when you go home, mm-hmm. right? College is a whole different experience, whether it's community or um, a big college like I went to. Use it for a community, right? Mm-hmm. Go network, go meet people, uh, go find jobs that are going to challenge you. You know, those are everything outside of college, but college allows you access to those resources easier than anywhere else. Really? So, you know, just me being your president right now, speaking with you, uh, I was in college, but uh, I dropped out. What would you say to me, like, if I was going back? Because you say it's about networking with a community inside mm-hmm. a group. Would you recommend, like, for college dropouts to go back to school just to, like, network with people? Or, you know, from where I am, just take that knowledge and go with the real-life experience and learn from there? Yeah, I don't think, um, you know, I don't look at college dropouts differently. Yeah. You know, basically what it boils down to is that you figured it out quicker than the four years it would have taken you to graduate, Mm -hmm. right? That's the way that I look at it. So college, again, it just gives you easy access to networking. So if you found other ways to do that, start a podcast or go out there and network with your local community on you know, startup communities or entrepreneurship communities, meetup groups, whatever you have to do to actually get into those communities, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. You know, college just gives you those resources a little bit easier than anywhere else. Okay. 
Now, what books do you recommend and read to someone shifting their life and business? Well, um, my marketing person would, would kill me if I didn't give a shout out to my own book, right? So <laughs> I'm going to do uh, Leveling Up Your Life um, is, is the one that I wrote. And that is a good book if you're an entrepreneur and really want to put life before business. And let me explain that real quick. And that is that you need to build a life that you want before you can build any other business. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is there's two types of businesses. One's to scale and one's as a lifestyle business. So my software tech companies are built to scale. Mm-hmm. They're built to sell. Whether we sell or not, I have no idea. But that's where you work countless and countless hours. If yeah. you have a lifestyle business like a podcast or mentor and author and that kind of stuff, you can literally choose your own hours. And that is truly that lifestyle business where you can just pick up and go whenever you want. Yeah. Right? So know which one you want. And most people say, well, I automatically want that lifestyle business. I want mm-hmm. that freedom. Right? But building a sell and building, building a scale, those are companies that explode. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm able to do that now while I'm married. We don't have kids. Right? So I can build those businesses now. But believe me, the moment we have kids, it's going to shift way more towards that lifestyle business. Yeah. Right? Congratulations on, on being married as well. Yeah, man. thank you very much. No. So, yeah, that's the, that's definitely a book that I recommend. And then anything by, um, you know, Tony Robbins is good if you're a finance individual. Yeah. Um, Peter Boog is one of my mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Peter Boog, Austin Netsley, and Mark Black, those are three people that I um, idolize. Okay. And that they mentor myself as well. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, you said... Um, you know, between lifestyle and um, scaling your business, can one person do both scale and have their lifestyle business? It's going to be difficult. I'm in it right now. Right? Yeah. So I am working that 80 plus hours a week in these mm-hmm. two software tech companies, right? But it's because I choose to do that. Um, I think it's going to be very difficult to choose both both business types. I think you need to choose one or the other or accept the fact that if you're in a built-to-sell business or a built-to-scale business, mm-hmm. that you are going to be working a lot of hours. Now, how did you learn how to run a business? I uh, learned while I failed. Why so, you failed? So basically, when I started a business at 18, mm-hmm. um, I had no business background, right? I worked for other people. I worked for other small businesses when I was in high school. But other than that, I had zero experience. I wasn't okay. even going to school for business. So... I decided to go after entrepreneurship because I didn't think I needed a degree for it. Mm-hmm. So I chose architecture as a fallback degree, um, which was the wrong one to choose. I actually switched over to housing and urban development. But with that being said, I, I just don't think um, I don't think you need an actual degree in entrepreneurship to, to tackle it. You just got to get out there and you got to start doing it. Okay, but I know um, I've read that you know. While before having your business, you know, you learn by, you know, watching your boss and you seeing that that you want to be in that position. You want to have that life that they have. So you basically, you know, watch his, you know, his move, you know, learn the, the things that he did, the way he speaks, the way he walks, he acts and the people that he have in his meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how much does that play a role to your success now? And do you, you know, influence other people to do the same? Yeah, so I actually had a similar situation when I was in college. I was, um, I was call him a millionaire, but a millionaire is personal assistant's personal assistant. Okay. And so I would watch everything that he was doing. Mm-hmm. What was his daily routine? What, I mean, who came into those meetings as we served them lunch? Um, you know, who did he meet with? What were their titles? That kind of stuff. Yeah. So it taught me a little bit, and it, it validated entrepreneurship for myself. But I don't want people to get bogged down 
with needing to go shadow someone or mm. needing to talk to a hundred plus entrepreneurs before they get up and start. Because I might do things completely different than, than you would when you run a business. And both yeah. of us could be successful, right? We both have different personalities. So I'm, what I'm saying is just get out there and start doing it. You're going to fail. It's going to suck, right? But you'll learn much more if you're just getting out there and doing it. Yeah, so we'll, but people say all the time, like, what people say, you know, like, Ken, you know, I fail, I fail, I've done this, I've done that, what you told me to do, but it's still not working. What should I do now? You know, what, what, what would you say to that person? I would say that's bullshit. I mean, honestly, it's, that, that's just, you're not seeing the optimistic side of things. Yeah. So, I mean, an entrepreneur is going to fail probably a thousand times before they exceed one. Mm-hmm. Right? I made that ratio up, so don't quote me on that. But we fail a lot as entrepreneurs is the point. You know, and what can you learn from that failure? Yeah. So if you failed because you tried selling a certain way or you tried to go into a specific market or industry mm-hmm. and you tried it for 90 days and completely failed, some entre- entrepreneurs would say, I wasted 90 days, this isn't going to work, I quit. Right? Where I would look at it and say, okay, well, in those 90 days, what did you learn? Why did that industry not work? Why did that market not work? Okay, now let's reposition and let's go after a different market or industry or go back to the same industry with a different pitch or a different angle. Yeah. Right? And so you can't learn those things in school or reading books or anything like that. You have to take everything together as an entrepreneur by reading books, by possibly going to school and getting out there and doing it. Putting it all together will actually make you become a successful I love what you say and it's is how I look at my life perspective as well as everything that I do, you know, from starting um you know, my background of starting when I was 14, having my own network marketing company, then having my two own LLC sneaker business is that I looked every at everything as a learning experience, as a life experience, but I never looked at it as a failure. You know, if I look at it as a failure, then I know that, like you said, you always have to look at the uh, optimistic side of things. You know, uh, the entrepreneurs, they look at that, okay, within those, like you said, in those 90s day, within those 90 days, what did you get and what did you learn within those 90s days? Yeah. You know, and that, that's how I think that with that, you know, within life in general is how you play it out is whatever you learn or you fail. You just have to look at it as like a learning experience and to make up for, like you said, to move in a different angle and in a better way. Now, I use the word failure because everyone relates to the word failure. Uh-huh. But I don't I don't look at them as failures, in my opinion. Right. I get knocked back. I get knocked down. Yeah. Right. But it it doesn't. It doesn't really affect me permanently, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think people think of failure as, I'm so afraid to tell people that I failed. Or if I tell my parents I failed, or if I tell my colleagues I failed, they look at me differently. Yeah. Right? And it's just that word that people kind of get caught up on. But it just resonates with people when you say failure. Uh, but I don't look at it that way. Now, when you say if you speak with people and tell them, like, oh, like I-, I didn't fail, do you, like, personally care about, you know, people's opinion? about you like if you fail or not or you know you get knocked down um i mean anyone that knows me knows that i could care less about people think of me really um, yeah i mean I, I say what's uh what's on my mind and if you don't like it fuck you yeah is that so that's just how you look at like at everything it's just like you know if you don't like it then just just fuck you yeah i mean it's i it's <laughs> i don't mean it to be uh to be mean but i don't want to exhaust my energy in a lot of people that um are going to question me or yeah. or not support me, 
mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, if you don't support me, then that's fine. But I'm not going to exhaust my energy into arguing why you should support me or why you should see my opinion. Okay. It's just, you know, we don't see eye to eye, so I'm not going to put my energy into uh, explaining myself. I'm going to put my energy into the people, those, those who would support me. Okay, so the people who support you, you know, they're, you know, they're influenced by what you say and what you do, and you have an impact on, on their lives, you know, what what would be, you know, the things that you're grateful for that you give back to them besides, you know, mentoring and coaching them? Well, I mean, I think the people that are around me that support me, mm-hmm. uh, we become a tight niche community, Okay, right? So um, although I could help them with mentoring and coaching, it's just how can I help, Yeah, you know? So, and that's the beautiful part about entrepreneurship is that when you start to build that community, I mean, we already have it. It's just entrepreneurship in yeah. general, right? Where you can call me and say, hey, I'm, I'm doing a podcast real quick. You mind being on it? Absolutely. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe down the road, because you ran a shoe business, I might be like, hey, uh, I have these shoes that I really want. You'd be like, oh, no, I can, I can hook you up. Yeah. Right? And it's that tight-knit community that we can actually build upon and mm-hmm. say, you know, hey, we're going to only rely on each other because we've been helping each other. You know, I gave you something. Um, I didn't ask for anything in return, but someday I might. Yeah. You know? It's a, it's like building a bond, building a relationship. It's like, you know, you give, you have given, then you ask. But it's like, it's mainly about building that tight niche relationship, like you said, of, you know, being a friend and being part of the community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of the show. But before we leave, uh, we do a takeaway for the audience. What would your advice be through the struggles, the ups and downs that you had to go through to be where you are today? Um, I mean... If I had to look back at the struggles and ups and downs of entrepreneurship, just take it as a learning experience, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be more downs and ups, but those downs are what's going to bring you back up, right? So those downs are what you can learn from. You can learn much more from your downs than you can from your ups. But at the same time, your ups, celebrate them, right? As little of of the wins that, that it may be, right? It may not be that you sold your company or you went public, right? But even if you sold your first customer, celebrate it, right? You did something amazing. So celebrate those wins and learn from your losses. Well, thank you for the amazing and wonderful tips. And, you know, like you said at the beginning, one thing that I'm grateful for today is, you know, that you sat down and took the time to do this interview. So thank you, Kenny, again for being here today and doing this, man. Absolutely, man. Yeah, man. So thank you for tuning in, guys. Once again, this is the Millennium Movement. Starting your host, Ricky Wynn. We out. Thank you, man. Doing good work that matters. That's what a career at Mantech means. From protecting our satellites in space to protecting our warfighters in the field. And we are passionate about empowering our people to be their best by providing unparalleled job mobility and offering a free bachelor's or master's degree in cyber or cloud computing. The men and women at Mantech take pride in doing the tough work that keeps our country safe. Do you have what it takes to join our team? Learn more at mantech.com slash careers. The Starlight Lounge presents an evening with the progressive box. Yeah. That's Hugo tickling the ivories. He just saved by bundling home and auto with progressive. Gonna finally buy a ring for that gal of yours, Hugo? Send her my condolences. Hi-oh! This next one's for you, too. There's... A burglar in my heart. Thank you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations.